What's up, everybody? It's the number one contender, Greg, joined by the reigning, defending, undisputed podcast champion of the world. The damaged one is Rob, and you are listening to a Why Not Talk About This Universe production. Hello, gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z with another episode of Throbbing with Horror. This week, we have a new guest on, uh, Razor Rob. I am one half of uh, the tag team that is Ruthless Retrospective. You've already met my other tag team, my tag team partner, Greg, uh, in previous episodes, like uh, the amazing Jason in Space. I, Jay, I love Jason X so much. <laughs> it is a really good uh, Friday movie, in my opinion. Like, my biggest thing with this, like, podcast is I'm trying not to do all the Friday movies just right off the bat because I'm going <laughs> to space them out. But all I want to do is talk about them. Yeah, it would be like, um, kind of like how me and Brandon are just doing all the Mad Maxes in a row on uh theater to peter it's because that's literally all i want to talk about right now besides obviously now we are doing the uh romero dead movies this is all i'm going to want to talk about for the next couple of days as i rewatch them <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like i've seen i've been listening to your guys uh shows on um the mad max series yes and the first one i remember seeing years ago and completely hating it just seemed like it was so boring. It just seemed like the picnic scene was just so much <laughs> of the movie. You mean, uh, you mean that like final like ending sequence with uh, them going up the coast? Yeah, just where they're in love and blah blah blah, all the stuff where he's not in pain and like suffering. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to make Max mad somehow. <laughs> but re-listening to you guys, well, like listening to you guys talk about it again, it makes me want to revisit it because. It seems like you enjoy that first one so much. Um, I honestly feel like, like I said on that episode, like it's it's because I, I grew up in such a car, car culture um, family. Like all, we've always had V8s or V6s, muscle cars, fast cars, fast trucks. Like so, like the car culture aspect of the movie really drug me in more than I guess like the other ones. So. No, kind of just like the um, first Mad Max, which was that made in the uh, late seventies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I kind of get the same kind of feel with Dawn of the Dead, where it's that kind of mid to late seventies type of movie where they have that specific feel to them. Yeah, it's um, it, it definitely has like a late seventies, early eighties, where like the seventies still like dribbled in um vibe to it. It's very, it's a very seventies movie. Down to the the music score, the the character outfits, how they acted. Um, you know, obviously it's set in a shopping mall, so all the all the like hot item things that were being sold, so seventies. Yeah, one hundred percent. Even down to the main. I mean, the zombies are a main bad guy in this movie, but the biker gang is maybe even worse than the zombies are because they come in and destroy everything that they kind of build up towards the end. Yeah. And they are like a straight representation of what would have been like the hell's angels in the late sixties and early seventies. Like that's, that's the kind of style they have, but led by Tom Savini with a machete, which, so they're better. Yeah. Totally badass. Um, well going ahead and the kind of starting where at, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, um, released in 1978, written and directed by George Romero, who had uh, previously done Night of the Living Dead and would go on okay. to do uh, Day of the Dead. And then years later, he would do Land of the Dead. Then I think he did Diary of the Dead, which uh, those later ones start getting really cringy. It's 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 night, day, dawn, land, diary, survival, and then. He didn't. He unfortunately passed away before his new script could be done and produced into a movie. But they turned it into a book, I believe. 
Okay. Uh, what, I, you know what that one was? Because I haven't heard of. Um, it's something. It's it's another of the dead. Um, I can't remember. It just recently came out. Okay. I, yeah. Um, he also had a cameo in a uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two in Call of the Dead, where he was like the main, um, the main like big zombie. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome! So George Romero was a zombie and like the zombie part of Call of Duty. Yep, and uh, Black Ops. I think it was Black Ops Two. That's pretty um, awesome. And and it's you would actually like that that um, zombies map because it had Michael Rooker, Robert England. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and um, who was the third, fourth one? I can't remember who the fourth one was, but it was like all these like horror icons, and you could play as them as the playable characters fighting the zombies and George Romero chasing around. That's awesome. <laughs> so, little little video gaming tangent there, but uh, yeah, I am one hundred percent a massive dead deadhead. I, uh, no, I hate that. I hate Grateful Dead. I'm a massive uh, Romero um, uh, Romero fan. Uh, I grew up on it. Um, one of the first movies my mom actually, one of the, the very first rated R movie my mom saw in theaters was Day of the Dead. And uh, she still gets freaked out. I know we're not talking about Day of the Dead yet, but like she gets freaked out. The scene in Day of the Dead where um, it's right at the beginning where she's dreaming and like the hands come out of the wall. It's a jump yeah. scare. My mom still gets freaked out by that because every time she sees it, she remembers the first time she saw it in theaters. So, like, I, I, I uh, go back and back and forth between which one is like my favorite of the of the dead movies. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's between either Night of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead. Um, nothing against Dawn of the Dead; it's a great movie, but compared to the other two, it doesn't seem like it's quite as formed. And like polished as the other ones, which is one of part of the charm of Dawn of the Dead is just how gritty and almost like it's a punk rock type movie. Yeah, it's it's very um kind of like shot very um very jumpy a little bit, and it's just it's feels like Romero had an idea, he shot it, and then he just kind of threw it together. I will say this is actually number two on my top hunt top. 10 or top five horror movies of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I remember it was, um, I think it was even before October started, but I posted something about watching it and you're like, whenever you do an episode, I want to be on it. Yeah. This, it's like, it's like, um, Fury Road and well, it's like between like Mad Max and Road Warrior, this and Day of the Dead go hand in hand. And it's just like, um, whichever one I watch, seriously, that's going to be the number one. But since honestly, this is the first time I sat down and watched this movie in almost five years, just because I I had it on DVD when I had my DVD collection, when I traded all my DVDs in to start buying back Blu-rays, I couldn't find this for new or used under 25 bucks. I never bought it. Luckily, um, when Romero passed, he made all of his movies public domain. So they're on YouTube. Oh, in four- I didn't know about the. I knew um, that Night of the Living Dead was public do- domain. I didn't know he made all of them. I, I think, well, I think he made these first three because I think Day of the Dead's also on YouTube. But uh, Dawn of the Dead was free on YouTube with ads every like other scene in 4K. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I was able to watch it. But uh, re- finally getting to rewatch it recently because it's been so forever. I've, there was a lot of stuff I forgot. There was a lot of stuff I picked up on this time. But uh, yeah, this this it just re-cemented itself as number two on my list. It's definitely one of those movies. Every year around this time, I watch all three of them, um, especially in October. Usually, I try to watch them in order. This time, I'm kind of watching them completely out of order, which is also kind of interesting, just to see where I'm almost going backwards with them. Do you, do you start with day and then go dawn and then ending with night? Yeah, which usually in October, I'll watch Night of the Living Dead usually like two or three times. Yeah. Just because well, when you, uh, whenever I think of Halloween in this time of year, I think a lot about Night of the Living Dead because it was one of the first public domain movies. Mm-hmm. So like in the background of, um, I think Halloween 2, they're watching Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah. It's one of those movies like that that other horror movies would usually like, okay, they're watching TV. What are they watching? 
Oh, yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, it, it's shown up multiple times in multiple um, horror movies throughout the years, or just any movie, honestly. Now, um, have you been to the mall itself in Monroeville? Yes, I actually did the zombie walk in 2009, the Pittsburgh zombie walk in 2009 was actually in the Monroeville mall. Um, me and a group of our friends got all dressed up. I actually met uh, Ken Force, who plays Peter in this in this movie. Uh, he was not happy about all the fake blood I had on me when I tried to give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that picture. It's an extremely awkward picture. <laughs> I'm in like total zombie mode. You can tell like I am like zoning out to look as zombie as I can. And he's just like half smiled. Like, I can't believe this kid just almost touched my suit, my tan suit jacket covered in his fake blood. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. And like, even before going there, I think we went like that summer and like, it was fresh in my mind. Like, I think I watched like night of the living dead, like recent or not night, uh, dawn of the dead recently. So like, we were like walking through the mall. I'm like, oh my god, this this is the hallway that leads to the stairwell, and like I like ran down and I was like, there's the hallway that leads back to the boiler room, <laughs> like, and everyone was like, Rob, shut up, <laughs> just shut up. That's exactly what I was doing. Like, because whenever I went, I went on a mine and Liz's honeymoon. So yeah. honeymoon was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So my big thing to get her there, I was like, it's a mall, so you can go around and go shop and have fun as much as you want. I just want to track down the, um, cause they have the bust of George Romero and the plaque somewhere in the mall. Yeah. Well, they actually, have, um, recent, I know, I think the last time I was at Monterey was 2012 or 2013. It was after one of the still, one of the still city cons. And, uh, we went over to the mall and they actually have a zombie museum set up in the lower section now. Yeah, I didn't know about that until I was already home, and I think I had posted pictures online of like mm-hmm. the bust and whatnot. And someone was like, "Oh, did you check out like the museum?" And I'm like, "What museum?" They're yeah, like, they. They're like, they no, had... there's an awesome museum there with like a bunch of stuff." And I was like, "I didn't even know about it to look for it." Yeah, they have a bunch of the movie props that were used in all three of the um the first three, um, and then I think recently after um land of the dead uh some of their some of the props from land of the dead got put in there too because it was filmed so close to pittsburgh where a lot of pittsburgh landscape used for it yeah i know there was also the um living dead museum in evan city where the uh, cemetery from night the living dead was but i think this last weekend was their last um weekend they were going to be open since you know with all the covid stuff going on they haven't been open and really they, haven't been able to they said do both museums at the same time no that's that's upsetting it's not like closing forever right well the one in evan city is closing forever but they're moving all of it to the one in the uh, monroeville mall no that's good to hear i've never actually like i've been through evan city with my former work but i've never actually stopped at the zombie museum there or even been to the cemetery as much of a fan of these movies and George Romero in general, I just uh, I haven't been able to go. As I went to the uh, I went to the Evans City Cemetery twice in one year. Yeah, um, I, I I know your recent one. <laughs> yeah, I went to uh, I went on mine and Liz's honeymoon. She really wanted to go to the water park, and I hate water parks. So <laughs> I was like, if you if we go to the water park, we can can we please go to Evans City Cemetery? which is 45 minutes outside of Pittsburgh each way. So mm-hmm. I could see the cemetery where this really old movie was shot. And she was like, okay. And I went there and I ran around and took like a million pictures and she took mm-hmm. pictures of me and whatnot. And then I went back that, uh, within the same year on my birthday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Liz from dimension Z is definitely a trooper when it comes to your, uh, your horror obsession. <laughs> yeah, she definitely, um, she puts up with a lot and here's will listen to me talk about Friday the 13th part eight at exalt completely way too much. <laughs> Sam, Sam is the same way, but Sam's like that with me with cars and fallout. Like she not so much fallout. Cause she's in the fallout, but like, I want to, I want to get a point pleasant so bad for Mothman. And like, and I want to go to like, uh, like all the like cryptid locations from 
in West Virginia that I already knew about, but since playing Fallout 76, like I want to go even more. And like Sam's like, nope, mm-mm, nope, we're not doing it. I'm like, well, we're gonna do it. She's like, nope, mm-mm. <laughs> so I'll. <laughs> Liz is definitely a trooper in my book. <laughs> yeah, usually we can come to a compromise where she'll get something out of it as well as I will. So it's, she also benefits usually. Yeah, the only problem with me wanting to go to Point Pleasant or Flatwoods is there's no shopping mall or water park. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, so, well, basically, like, just kind of, I don't want to, like, because there's not really a whole lot of plot to this movie. It's more of just like a... I would almost put it like a clerks where there's not, it's a day in the life or like a period in the life of these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not really like any driving storyline besides survive. Like it's not like the remake where it's like, okay, these, these are the good people. Uh, This is the asshole you're supposed to hate. You know, they mm -hmm. don't really set it up like that. It just kind of drops you in the middle of a newsroom. That's going like completely insane. Oh yeah, um, just trying yeah. to stay on the air. Yeah, it just it starts with uh, we get introduced to Fran. Uh, she's she's sleeping, having a nightmare in this red carpeted walled room in her uh, her TV broadcast station. It's yeah, there's shag carpet everywhere. Yeah, um, and everyone is just losing their mind uh, because they have this this uh, scientist on, and him and this TV news anchor are arguing over if the dead are coming back to life or not. And, like, everyone's just losing their mind. Yeah, it looks like you have, like, camera people walking off the set. Like, some guy, like, at one point, I think, just runs in front of the camera and starts shouting stuff. And they're like, get him the fuck off the television. They're, like, cursing on on the air, which is, this is the 70s, which is a huge no-no. Yeah, and, like, um, they were running, um, like, safe locations, like, uh, like, like uh like fema camp not fema camps but like, like camps rescue where you, stations yeah rescue stations they were outdated by like four days or something like that they're like just so, keep running them just keep running them yeah fran 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 pulls them says the tv man the station manager loses his mind like why'd you pull that that's the only reason people are watching us and she's like are you will- are you willing to send these people to danger for ratings he's like hell yes and like they're both on a live mic and the tv anchor's like what the hell's going on right now <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah at this uh, about that point is when flyboy shows up and is basically like i got a helicopter we need to get the fuck out of here before someone else takes it yeah we're done like like we need to leave at nine o'clock and like fran's like it's my duty to stay here and the the one camera boy's like it doesn't matter at like, midnight we're we're, we're done at midnight. Off the air at midnight so it doesn't really matter like get out of here yeah so. so um they take off uh I believe the next scene we go to is, is it the, I believe they're police, right? Or are they police or military? Uh, it was Philly SWAT. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe it was uh, Philadelphia SWAT team coordinating with the National Guard or trying or storming this apartment for some reason, looking for this Martinez. Um, we get one hell of a racist SWAT member who's just ready to kill anyone that comes out of the apartment buildings. I was like, he goes completely insane, and he actually, like, that's one of the better, like, I mean, there's a lot of great kills in this movie, but that's a really great one when he uh, kicks that door open and blows that guy's head off. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, we get introduced to Roger, who's, like, trying to calm down the rookie while this guy's losing his his racist shit, and uh, the rookie instantly gets shot in the head by some awful dude wearing blackface. (laughs) Like, did you... So bad. (laughs) Yeah, this is a really, um, a really tough, and it's definitely, yeah, it's a very, I don't know how you want to say it, but yeah, it's a very tough scene to watch like that. Yeah. This is about what, uh, yeah, they, um, blow off, uh, there's a great head explosion scene, uh, mm-hmm. and you can tell the residents of this apartment building aren't quite grasping what's going on, because, like, the one woman runs to what i'm guessing is like her husband and like hugs him and he yeah. immediately like tears this giant chunk of flesh off oh of uh, dude the per- the practical zombie bites on this were awesome in this opening scene where he he bit her on the shoulder bit her on the arm and then they finally they finally put him down um uh we get introduced to uh ken uh well we got introduced to ken four's peter character before that guy got out of that apartment he actually kills the racist guy that actually falls into the apartment where all the zombies are being held um 
yeah, we get the first couple zombie bites. And Which then it has we... that great, like, it has my favorite blood of any kind of horror movie. It's that 70s neon techno blood. Yeah, and like, just, like, it, it actually looks like actual, like, blood rushing out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's really hard seeing the watch in today's culture climate, especially if you don't, um, like what is being said or you don't identify as a racist. So, um, nowadays it's really hard to watch that but it is it is a great opening scene to introduce the two of the main characters well it also shows how bad things have gotten oh yeah yeah um but, uh, see, uh... cut to uh peter uh roger runs into the basement and he's puking in the sink and uh he runs into peter down there and peter asks him if he saw anybody who killed the the racist cop and Roger's like, I saw nothing, man. A lot of bullets are flying around here. Yeah, just kind of like, it got taken care of. Like, don't be asking too many questions. Yeah, and uh, we get a, a one-legged priest that you don't know is one-legged until he's about to exit the scene. Asking to be let pass. He gave the last rites to the, the sick people down here that were dying. And uh, cuts to zombies breaking out of the barricade section of the one apartment building. Yeah, it's like this weird, like, chain-link fence-type thing they have in this basement. Yeah. Which and is, I, always, I've always found that scene, scene extremely creepy, where they're all just kind of writhing around all yeah, with each other. Yeah, they're, like, all just convulsing, or, like, they're, like, doing sit-ups. Yeah. And the one, the one dude's, like, playing with, like, a half-chewed-off ankle. And, uh, Kent, uh, Peter starts just... Roger and Peter start taking them out, uh, you know, putting them out of their misery. And the National Guard opens up uh, one of the, like, coal chutes. And it's like, holy hell, man, what, you guys okay down there? Everyone all right? This must have been where we were there throwing them down. Then we cut to uh, Roger and Peter finally meet up with uh, Stephen and Fran at the chopper. Which, that must be one of the best things in this kind of situation is to have a helicopter until of course you run out of fuel. Cause I would get, have to guess those things use like an extreme amount. Oh yeah. They, uh, they run through, I think, I think I can't remember what they run off of, but they, well, even in the, in the movie, they, they say like when they took off from Philly, it was fully fueled by the time they got the, the John, the Johnstown area was about shot. So now is that where, um, but like whenever they kind of stop to get, um, more fuel for the chopper and there's that great uh chopper zombie scene where he gets mm. the chop top of his head like cut off yeah i believe i believe that was uh that was the johnstown uh airport i wouldn't quote me on it uh there was there was a cool there was a funny interaction though before we got to them actually lifting off there's um a bunch of cops getting on a boat to go to the island which is what they used in the zach or the the remake in the 2000s, like, we gotta go to the island, that's where we gotta go, um, and, uh, nobody had smokes until the guy left, and then they all start lighting up smokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that, it's like, anyone got smoke, and it's like, they're all like, no, man, it's like, no, with, the, with all this shit going on, I'm not bumming the smoke to you, I don't know how many more of these things I have left. Yeah, um, then all the lights in Philly go out as they, they lift up and start flying away, and it, uh, cuts to the next morning, where Steven's falling asleep behind the controls, and everyone's like, where are we? Are we over Harrisburg, Steve? And uh, Flyboy's like, no, we're, we're closer to Johnstown. And he's like, those damn rednecks are probably enjoying everything. Which, okay. <laughs> Born and raised Johnstonian, right? Flood City, Flood City guy here. Let me tell you something about that comment. He's absolutely fucking right. <laughs> yeah, I've been through Johnstown so many times. I would be like, the, it would still be like that today. Yeah, I um, I honestly think... Now, my my grandfather and my pap will not tell me if they were, but I think my grandfather and pap were in a couple of these scenes in the Johnstown area. Oh, they never, awesome. They never told me if they were or not. Like, they were extras, like, in the hunting crews and stuff, so. Well, God, how, like, uh, the conventions were going there for a while and how, like, deep they were getting with, like, the people that they would have there, they could easily sell autographs. Oh, yeah, easily. Because I think, um... <laughs> I met the helicopter zombie from this. I met the uh, nurse zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the only two from this one I met. I met the I'm... sheriff from Night of the Living Dead and then uh, 
I met him too. The sheriff John from Nightwish. Yeah. Yeah. Which a funny kind of thing. Whenever I met the sheriff from Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. he's he's a he was a really really old man. Which he's not with us anymore. He died a couple years ago. Yeah, he passed away. I think in 2013 or 2014, something like that. Yeah. Um, and the convention he was here at the at the convention here in town, and um, I walked by his booth a couple different times. And it was like 10 in the morning. Well, he was completely fast asleep. And I didn't want to be the guy to wake him up, but I really wanted to meet him. So I just kept kind of doing laps and waiting for someone else to wake him up. Mm -hmm. And then finally someone else did. And then I just kind of got in line behind them. (laughs) (laughs) Good guy. Brett won't wake you up. He'll wait for someone else. (laughs) I'll wait for someone else. And then I'll like gush about neither living dead to you. I met him um, at the shit. I think 2000. 11 or 2012 pittsburgh comic-con it was like the one of the last pittsburgh comic-cons he was at and i was dressed as uh frank castle uh, all bandaged up with his eyes he, he enjoyed my costume so i got a photo with him it was a cool talk about uh you know the night of living dead uh, he's really the only person i met from the dead series oh you haven't gotten a chance to meet john russo yet yeah yeah he well he was like the like it, any uh, the only reason I say that is because like every convention I ever really go to, it seems like he's there. Mm. Like he's a he has a booth everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Virgil. Yeah, <laughs> but he um he like talked me into like he sells the um little vials of dirt from the graveyard, and he calls it like zombie dirt or something. He talked me into that the one time. Like he's a great salesman. <laughs> oh my gosh, Johnny. <laughs> So about, so like, okay, so, uh, well, also during this kind of refueling scene, they do one of the main things that like, one of the main taboos that you really should never do in a movie or horror movie, and that's kill children. But they're zombie children, so I think that's how why they got away with it. They got away with it because it's zombie children, but it's still children running out and he's just gunning them down. <laughs> yep. So about after that is, um. They kind of take yeah. off again, and that's about when they see them all, I believe. And they're yeah. like, "Okay, let's kind of rest here for a while." Yeah, um, we we actually uh, we see the poster, the the half killed uh, away face zombie in the, the scene in the snack shop with uh, Peter after the chopper blade kill when he kills the kids. Yeah, it goes right from them and Peter, you know, saying that, "Hey, we're we're not by the book anymore. We're just a bunch of criminals like everyone else outside now." And then it cuts to early sun or the sunrise over the Monroe Monroeville mall. Jeez. I can't talk, which one of my favorite, one of my all time favorite scenes or shots in movie history is them flying in over the mall with all the zombies walking towards it. First thing in the morning. Love. I love that shot in any movie. I also kind of love the behind the scenes thing of them using the mall where like they would use it basically whenever it was closed. Yeah. It had to be, at night they would sit there and almost like destroy the entire mall then have to clean themselves like clean everything up before it would reopen but every once in a while they would forget like a blood smear on a wall <laughs> oh my god could you imagine like if they, if like that that ending scene where like all the chaos happens like having to clean that up before the mall opened the next day jesus <laughs> like when they had all the bikers like driving their motorcycles through it and whatnot like that place must have been like fucking gas the fuck up that, that's what i mean like that that whole sequence like or, or like when they were uh when they were driving around locking up all the doors of the the Volkswagen golf like there's a couple times uh roger like pills out like did they get down and scr- scrub the the pill marks off <laughs> like yeah, they're just running around with a bunch of rugs just covering <laughs> up like their mistakes like even the shit on the wall they're just like duct tape a rug over it they won't know just, just hang a po- hang a Pittsburgh Pirates poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, this really begins where like it's one of the ultimate uh, zombie. When you think of zombies, you almost immediately think of a mall. Like I know, was it Dead Rising has a couple different video games. Um, basically, like Dead Dead Rising One was literally like the retelling of this movie in a different way. And then Dead Rising 4 happens in a mall again as well. Okay. But um, 
I every think be, um one of the first time I believe this would be the first time that zombies in a mall. This is like where the whole thing comes from. Yeah, because George Romero's like um underlying tell for this movie was that the capitalist consumerism of America would be its ultimate downfall. Yeah, where I love that's a really great um kind of line in the movie where it's like, why are they coming here? It's like they're drawn here. It's like, well, it's a memory. Yeah, it's a memory. It's it's instinct. But this, yeah, they kind of um break into the mall, see that it's, it's semi overrun with zombies, but it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. And then you get a really great um scene of them kind of hoarding them into one specific area to kind of take care of them. Yeah. They are, uh, they're like knocking on the windows at the JC Penney's to get them to go there so they can go get, get back to where they are. And for some reason, those doors that they like, those automatic doors that kind of open weird, those always like really stuck out to me. That is very old school because like they were like, it was weird because like they were trying to like pull them the, the way you would think they would pull nowadays. And they, they pulled the opposite way and like swung out. It was, yeah, it was really weird to me. No matter how many times I watch it, like that, that, that really dates the movie because I don't think they use that anymore anywhere. <laughs> I say that's the scene that really dates the movie, then that very first scene where the walls are shag carpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, they like work on clearing out the mall, and then there's a great just montage scene that I love of them just enjoying the things in the mall. Yeah, later in the movie. Um, yeah, they, uh, they oh, man, there's a lot that happens to get us there. They're like them using the trucks to to block the doors. Um, that's okay, where... that is right. Because um, what's his name? I forget which. It's not Flyboy, but it's the other like soldier guy gets injured. Yeah, Roger gets doing the trucks. Yeah, Roger gets bit multiple times doing the trucks because he was a, he was getting overzealous and. He's, start, he's starting to lose it slowly as, like, the movie goes on and, like, you get to this this scene where he's starting to get attacked in the second truck they're picking up and, like, he doesn't know what to do and, like, Peter and uh, Peter can't help him because Peter's the other guy driving the other truck to, like, pick him up, take him back so he can hotwire the trucks to bring him down and, like, he just, like, loses his shit and, like, uh, Peter's like, you are you good? And, and Roger's like, we got this, man. We got this by the ass, which... Then they, they parked the second truck and he jumps in the other truck and he lost his toll belt while hot wiring. Like, rookie rookie mistake for a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to grab the toll belt from the truck they already parked and that's where he, he ends up getting bit multiple times. So his downfall is just on its way. I also, like, really feel bad for him too because, like, whenever they're doing, like, the happy feel-good, like, montage – they also still kind of throw him in there as well, but he's just in a wheelbarrow, like trying on hats. Yeah, and or like eating uh, pickled olives. Yeah, and like and like you can slowly start to see that he's like he's zombifying, especially when they they do the arcade montage where they're all in the arcade and like he's playing the um the like uh, Namco racing game where it's just like on a, on a on a track and you just steer the car on the track. And like he's just like staring at the colors, like like a zombie would, yeah. like at the light. So it's it's weird, but really really awesome. He does seem to last longer after the zombie bites than um people do in like the later movies. It seems because like, oh. a lot of times it seems like they turn like and get the fever and whatnot like really quickly. Yeah, they um yeah because it's weird because uh, Peter actually says um there's a scene where. Like, Fran's bandaging him up, giving him morphine, trying to, like, make him comfortable. And she comes back out, and she she tells Steven she doesn't know what to do. Like, he's just getting worse. And Peter goes, I don't I, – I've seen multiple – I've seen multiple guys get bit once in only the last three days. He has, four, he has like, three or four bites, you know. There's no, no timetable. So, it's still, like, that, like, 70, 48 to 72 hours, like, cycle, I guess. But he – they make it seem so much longer in the movie. Yeah, there by the end, he's just basically screaming for morphine. Yeah. Which they have it in a fridge at their disposal. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, 
if you listen to Ruthless Retrospective this week, you know I sprained my ankle. That's why we had to take a week off. And when I did it that Monday, I was wishing that Doc Doc Mon, Doc Doc Rowe from fucking Banner Brothers would run from the box hole and give me morphine in my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> How is the ankle doing? It's it's better. I can I can walk on it. I'm back. Um, I didn't take much time off work, but I'm still on light duty. But I'm I, I can I can function pretty much. That's good. No, I'm trying to think. Was it the was it Kurt Angle has the ankle? Finish? Yeah, the yeah the ankle lock. I uh, yeah. I put I posted a funny explanation of what happened using a gif of him. <laughs> so yeah, basically, like everything's going pretty well. Um, up until. I believe what's his. I can see that's the thing with this movie. I keep forgetting everyone's name. I Ro- remember Ro- Flyboy because he has a great nickname. Yeah, Ro- Rogers the the uh, the guy that got bit. And then they just kind of bury him in like the flower section of the mall. Yeah, yeah, the garden section. Like they, he's not even really that buried. It doesn't seem. It looks like they just kind of threw mulch over him. He's like he's gonna really start to smell, guys. Like yeah. Well, I mean. I, I, the- I, <laughs> The good and it's weird that they buried him there, but they put all the other dead zombies that they shot after locking down the mall and the walk-in freezers. Yeah, beside like this giant rack of ribs and all this great-looking food. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. makes sense for maybe like a minute, but even then, it's like you're really ruining some great ribs. Yeah. But um, after that, they it almost seems like they kind of just go on status quo where um. Fran and Steve are kind of like having a romantic dinner um, and like Peter's kind of waiting on them and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Steven actually proposes and Fran says it wouldn't be real. And Steven's just like destroyed and it, and it shows Peter who's also really upset, just drinking a bottle of bubbly over Roger's grave. Yeah. That's a really good scene. And it's, it's honestly a really sad scene. This just him and, kind of hanging out with Roger because now he's almost kind of the third wheel. Yeah. And like the only, the only thing I didn't like is he didn't pour one out for the homie, man. Like he didn't give Roger any bubbly. Yeah. You got to pour at least a little bit. Yeah. You got to pour one out for the homie, man. <laughs> before, uh, before Ro- Roger uh, turned and uh, poor Peter had to put him down. He, we did get the, the, the line that this no this movie is known for. Uh, Peter explains that his grandfather was uh, a voodoo priest from Trinidad, and he always said that when there was no more hell, no more room in hell, the, the dead would walk the earth. And always, I always loved that line. Yeah, that's one of the iconic lines of just horror uh, history. And I, I love that uh, when they did the remake in was it oh four or oh two? I think it was oh four. When they did the remake in oh four, when they bring that line out it's actually ken saying it again as a priest on a tv broadcast oh that's great and it's 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 perfect because doesn't roger also come back in the remake yeah i believe he's uh he's the guy across the way on the roof that they they talk to i think i think he's either that or is he the dad that dies he might be the dad. Remember the girl that's like has the dog that she like found and is like all obsessed over, and she's like the graffiti artist. Uh yeah, he, it might be him. I, I'm that, pretty, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's him. <laughs> he's he's either the guy on the roof that they communicate with, or he's that he's the dad, or Stephen might be the dad even. Yeah. Um, well, I do like that guy across the way in the gun shop, how they're kind of like <laughs> playing chess off each other. And whatnot. Remake. That's a really good. That's yeah. I, the remake wasn't as bad as everyone get. Like, I don't like the running zombies cause that's not zombies to me besides call of duty zombies. But like I, I, a lot of people give Snyder a lot of shit for the remake, but I feel like he did a better job than a lot of the other uh, Romero remakes that came out after. Yeah, it's honestly one of the better horror remakes of any of them. Yeah. Like, it's up there with, like, the Texas Chainsaw remake and the Hills Have Eyes Fuck. Hills Have Eyes remake. I love the Hills Have Eyes movies, too, and the remake. Yeah, the remake, I think, is actually better than the original. I I agree with that. Uh, There was a while where, like, I would not walk by, um, like, holes in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> yeah. I, I live in a, i live in a mining town and like that that's what they were using so anytime there was like a random 
hole in the ground on the bony piles or like in the woods, I would like steer like 10 feet away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to get sucked down and eaten by some cannibals, okay? <laughs> I do live in Appalachia. <sighs> so about, um, yeah, about that time is when you kind of, you see the biker gang, I believe, kind of discovering the mall where they see the helicopter parked on top of it. Yeah. They're I'm basically so- like, they must have it pretty good in there and they don't want to share with us. We better go get it. Yeah, Stephen was showing Fran how to to fly the the helicopter because I was one of her demands when they first got to the mall is I'm gonna learn how to fly the helicopter because what if what if something happens to you? Which and, is actually uh, extremely smart because why there it's not good just to have one person, especially in a situation like this. Yeah, know how to do everything, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the biker gang scouts the mall and then they uh they actually call them on a, the ham radio and uh. You know, they keep going back and forth about the Whirly Bird. You're in there. We know you're in there. And uh, the leader finally goes, we don't like people that don't share. You just fucked up real bad. And they start they start gunning the bike. They gun in the bikes and descending on the mall. And there's like three, there's like 30 bikes deep in that scene. And uh, Steven, it was funny because Steven said something about, oh, they're not going to be that bad. And Peter's like, what are you talking about? That's a professional fucking army coming our way. They've been on the road for months eating it off the land. They're ready for this. And yeah, it's like they've been cushy and them all kind of just taking it easy. These guys have been fighting for every little thing they've got. Yeah. Which I mean, um, I'm not a huge fan of it anymore, but I used to be is like the walking dead. Which yeah. that's almost like that kind of mentality is I would say is like these guys have been on the road and they're just grizzled. Yeah, it's 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 like one um it's like when Rick Rick and his gang got the Woodbury and like they saw how how cushy Woodbury was. Even though the governor was just a sadistic son of a bitch and had an army, it was still more cushy than what Rick and his guy his his gang had because they've been on the move constantly. So it's like kind of that same flip. But uh the bike ga- the biker guy the biker gang ends up moving the trucks and getting in through the the loading docks and just it's mass chaos. Yeah, led it, by the great Tom Savini, who also did the all the special effects for this movie. Yep, and master, uh, ma- like Sex Machine is just an awesome master of all special effects, and his his role in this movie was so simple and small, but he nailed it too. Yeah, he did some really great stunts as well, though, like flying off the top of the balcony, and yeah. With uh, yeah, he he, I liked uh, I liked when this happened. Um, like when Peter tells Stephen to retreat, and then like Stephen's ignoring him, and like he's just watching, and like we get like a Three Stooges routine with the zombies and the bikers. Like they're they're pieing them, they're shooting with with seltzer, and they're like poking <laughs> them in the eye and bopping them on the head. Like I always really, like that. I can't think of any other movie that does that where it's like has a like and it's a like a pretty long scene of bikers pieing zombies it was like it's like a seven minute scene of them doing a three like a three stooges like three stooges like abbott and costello bit on these zombies of pieing themselves or gonna be like beating them around with their hammers and stuff like the three stooges would do like it's it's hilariously good I love the guy that sits down in the blood pressure machine, and the one <laughs> yeah. guy comes up. He's like, "What are you doing, man? Come on!" And then they just rip his arm off, and yeah. then it just reads zero. Well, like it's a great little gag. Well, no, the the, the machine, the the Tommy gun. Uh, he's like the second lieutenant under like Tom Savini. He like comes over. He's like, "What are you doing? There's somebody shooting at us!" And like, so he pulls the dude off the machine, and he never put his last quarter in. So like, after like everything goes to chaos, he goes back to the machine, puts the last quarter in puts his arm through and that's when the zombies swarm i'm like dude what are you doing <laughs> i'm gonna use my quarters worth of blood pressure machine <laughs> yeah. but yeah and then when the zombies finally uh rip his body the entrails it just reads zero on the blood pressure machine the and this i loved when we finally uh get to that where like this really set the stage for what happens in day of the dead when the zombies rip the soldiers apart yeah oh it's so good which I would say out of uh, these three movies, Day of the Dead has like the best effects. Yeah. Any of them. Like the one sergeant getting torn apart. Um, Choke on it. Choke on it. Yeah, and his, Choke on it. 
Yeah, his delivery of that line and that whole scene is just so that movie is just such a downer. <laughs> but it's really great. Yeah. Um, or like when the one zombie sets up off the operating table and all of his guts go spewing. Oh out. my god, yeah, that's that's such a good scene. It reminds me a lot of uh there's a scene like that in Reanimator and also in uh Return of the Living Dead, I think. Very similar. Yeah, I love Reanimator too. That just had its uh, anniversary. I think it's like thirty five years old or something. Now. I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, we get the, we get the 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 Three Stooges scene, and uh, Peter's like, "Hey, man, you got to pull back. We can't do this. There, there's too many of them. It's it was ours. It's theirs now." And Stephen's not taking any of it. He starts shooting at him. Paul Tom Savini's character starts chasing after Peter. We get the infamous machete head. Uh zombie kill um which i remember like uh being in like the shopping mall and whatever and like looking through like fangoria magazine mm-hmm. and that's a, a picture that you saw pop up in horror magazines for decades is that yeah. machete picture well yeah because they they literally that was like one of the staple things they used to sell like dawn of the dead merch or any dead merch was that that shot of that that dude's eyes wide open his mouth open the machete in his head or like and whenever it, you see like tom zavini like he has a ad for like his school and they show different pictures that is almost always one of them yeah yep oh man sorry about that um so yeah so uh yep uh steven starts fighting so then peter has to start fighting he starts taking out bikers left and right uh steven runs to pennies but he the the bikers get into penny so he runs and starts hiding in the elevator uh peter flips off the power and uh we get some in the dark shooting and fighting which then peter ends up killing tom savini which was really sad for tom or right, sex tom. machine yep <laughs> um the after that happens the biker gang starts to retreat and uh peter shoots the second lieutenant off the bike but he doesn't kill him he just like injures him and he gets mobbed by zombies um the dude that's when the dude gets his arm gets ripped apart with his arm in the blood pressure machine um steven ends up getting shot in the elevator as he's trying to climb out up top to get into the, the grate to get back up top where it's where fran's still at and uh, he jumps back down to tell uh, Peter what happened over the walkie left down there. And as he starts to climb back up, that's when the zombies get in to the elevator and swarm him and start to bite him. Which I lo- I I liked. Flyboy is probably my favorite character in this movie, and I, I it always upsets me when he gets bit and everything because he's like he's fighting so hard to get back to his woman and his unborn child. And like, especially now as a dad, like it hits different too. Yeah. Watching it now. And it's like, damn, that sucks. But he's also a great zombie. Like he, mm. it's so hardcore to that. Like, well, it, I'm sorry. I was going to say like how he's walking. where like, I don't know how he's walking on that ankle. Like as an actor, like be, to be able to walk like that and not completely fuck up your ankle. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like right off the bat, when he, he they reveal he's, he became a zombie and he comes out of the elevator, like I'm every time I watch that, I'm like, how does he not fall? Because he's walking like with his one ankle in and his one ankle out, almost like he's like doing a two step but walking, and like he walks over like three dead zombies and then almost like falls and he like catches himself and like he spins around and like just stumbles away real quick. But uh, he's such a good zombie, too, because, like, he leads um, the zombies to where they put the wall up to hide the stairwell. And, like, he verbally, like, moans out, like, down this hall. Not, like, in, like, he doesn't say it, but he's like, huh, huh, huh. And, like, he's, like, pointing with the gun. And, like, I think that's where they started to show, like, hey, there's still some intelligence left in these zombies that they, you know, they build on in day and land and survival and, or diary and survival. Yeah, that's something really interesting that these first three of the dead movies really do, where, like, look, people like to give shit about, like, okay, zombies being too quick, or, like, zombies using tools or something, but, mm-hmm. I mean, God, in Day of the Dead, Bub shoots a guy. Yeah. 
like a zombie in a movie shoots somebody instead of like trying to bite them and attack them. Yeah, and, and then you know, then when we get the land of the dead, like they literally have these zombies trained to do what they did in real life. Like the main zombie in Land of the Dead was a gas station attendant, so he actually fills up the cars. Like he's chained to the gas station pump, so he actually fills up the but you know, car pulls up, they pop their, their gas tank and he fills it. Like Romero slowly developed these zombies to be like, hey, there's still intelligence left in them. They're still somewhat human, even though they, all they want to do is eat your guts and brains. Whereas, like, people give a lot of modern zombies shit because, like, oh, he picked up a wrench and he was beating somebody with it. You can't have that. It's like they've been doing that since Night of the Living Dead that wrote the playbook for zombie movies. Yeah, since movie one, this has been a trope that they've been doing. So it honestly yeah. is – it fits in with it. Yeah. Like, I love um, in Land of the Dead. Did you catch um, Tom Savini's uh, – cameo as the biker from dawn the dawn of the dead back in that one yeah when they break into uh what uh, wayne tower yeah and uh he uh he grabs the one dude uh and like he just he like growls in his face and he throws him away and he picks up the machete off the ground yeah it's I, I, that that i've just sitting there i'm like oh that's so awesome <laughs> i i love when they do full circle um like full full circle characters and it, Romero does it a lot too. I love it. I also, something like that I love about these movies so much is I didn't grow up in Pennsylvania, but I always, um, even when I remember being in elementary school and I found like, do you remember those bins where it'd be like $1 movies? Yeah. And they came in those extremely thin DVD cases. I remember Did finding Night of the Living Dead and being like, I have a dollar. Did, did was it Night of the Living Dead with House House on Haunted Hill on the backside? No, it was only oh. Night of the Living Dead, and it looks like someone like made it on their like home PC. <laughs> and it, like that's I, how like the label was. My my one dollar bin movie for Night of the Living Dead, which I think I still have it. It's it's Night of the Living Dead on side A, and then you flip it over, and it's House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price on side B. Which, until here recently, that was one of the only Vincent Price movies I'd ever really seen. Really? Like, I've seen that, and I've seen... Um, you, uh, better say, you better say The Fly or uh, Last Man on Earth. And Last Man on Earth, I'd seen The Fly, the original Fly, but it's been probably a decade. Yeah. But um, Shudder here recently has put on, like I think, four Vincent Price movies, and a couple of them are his Edgar Allan Poe ones. Ooh, those are actually really good. Great. Yeah, they are really good. Like Mask of the Red Death and... um. Fall of the House of Usher. I like Mas Mas Mask of the Red Death. Probably one of my favorite of those Vincent Price movies. Just it's just oozing with Satanism and mm -hmm. Vincent Price and awesomeness. <laughs> Vincent Price is the best. So uh, yeah, so basically I yeah, that's where um, like you were saying, Flyboy kind of leads the group of zombies into the wall and starts breaking down the wall that they built to hide the door of where they've been kind of hiding. Yeah. He, he literally starts biting it to start tearing it down. Like I, I give that, oh, I can't remember his name right now. I give him so much props because I literally feel like Romero made him bite like actual wood to make it look authentic. <laughs> oh yeah. There's no way they had money for like prop wood or something. This is 100%. They went to home Depot yeah or 84 lumber i guess because they were in pittsburgh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah like um yeah he like he starts biting and gnawing they get through the wall then they climb the stairs and uh peter's like trying to get fran to get up on the roof get the chopper going and leave and peter's like i'm not going i have to stay i have to put steven down and like, as yeah, he he almost like completely gives up and loses faith it seems there for like a solid beat yeah, like, as he's saying that, Steven comes through the door, shuts the door on the other zombies, and, like, just sits down. And uh, that's when Peter puts a bullet through his head, and Fran watches it, and then all the other zombies start filing in. So Peter, like, just literally shoves, like, he throws her back up through the window and shoves her up the ladder. And then he, like, goes into one of the bedrooms. And... He has like a two-shot mini twenty-two pistol in his hand, and you think he's going to blow his brains out when the zombies get there. And like for a second, you actually really think he is because he, he's like crying. He's 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 had it with this world. 
he's watched, you know, his friend, his couple of his, you know, survival friends die in like the matter of the last 24 hours. But and then the A team music kicks in. Dude, I noted that too. <laughs> it was so close to the A team theme. Like, I just expect him to get into the helicopter and Fran hand him a glass of milk. Oh, just, and, so he, just so he falls asleep. And and, uh, and uh, she lights up a cigar and, hey, hey, another job well done. <laughs> Except in this one, at least the bullets that they shot actually hit people. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if we're talking A-team, so Fran is obviously Hannibal. Okay. Steven, Steven's face. Peter is obviously BA. Yeah. And and Rogers Murdoch, right? Is that is that what we're going yeah, with? Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I could <laughs> I agree with that. Do, 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 do. It's extremely it's this movie has a lot of weird music choices like that. Yeah. Um, but the main score done by Goblin is really good and creepy. Oh yeah, I I, I love the like radiation. That I call it I call it that, but like like the the it sounds like radiation yeah, yeah it sounds like radiation to me yeah it, it, the music is really great now have you seen um deep red or um oh, i forget what a couple of the uh they did the soundtrack for zombie as well but the soundtrack for deep red like the main theme is so mm -hmm. great i i don't believe i've seen deep red yet is it they, um, is it on shutter because i signed up for the free trial of shutter to watch uh Verotic, and I, I never, and I never canceled it. So I guess I have Shutter now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's on. It is on Shutter. I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, it's a great. It's an Italian horror movie. But Ooh, yes. Yeah, I love Italian horror. So I love Italian everything: cars, westerns, and obviously horror. What really quick since you mentioned it, Verotica. Oh God! What did you like? Just a quick little thing. What did you think of it? Um, I, I'm really excited for Danzig Western Spaghetti or Spaghetti Western with vampires after it, but I understand why he got laughed out of the uh, Toronto Film Festival and IFC Film Festival when he debuted that film. Now, was he actually like trying to be serious? Yes, it was actually uh, based on his comics of the same name, and he was he was trying to be very serious about it, and it just it the acting is so bad. The screen, the screenplay is so bad. Like what he did in the comics was really good, and it just didn't transition to the screen. Because all he did was seemed like was hire porn stars to play every character. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's it's so if all like I talked to Greg about this a little bit too, because at some point I want to do just an episode on Veronica, because I love it, but I love it in the same way that I love the room. That that's that's it. It's it's his, it's his version. It's his Tom Weesaw's The Room. Like I said that wrong, didn't I? Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Tommy Danzig is Tommy Wiseau now. So like, of course, he made his version of The Room. Which I feel like a reason why I love Veronica and I love The Room, but I don't love a movie like Sharknado is because The Room and Veronica they were actually trying to make a good movie and they were actually putting their heart into it. And it's just something like Sharknado, they're just being like, oh, look how clever and funny we're being. And there's no real heart in it. Yeah. Yeah. Danzig's one Danzig's heart was 138% into Veronica because that was his baby, um, you know, with the comics. And, you know, it's where his new record label gets its name from because of the comics. So, like, he, he took it 100% seriously. So, like, when everyone started laughing in the theater, that's why he got so pissy. It's like, man, you just got to do what Tommy Wiseau did. Just embrace it. Yep. People will love you. People will go to screenings of this for decades if you handle this correctly. Yeah, which I, I feel like he's turned he's kind of turned around to that. But I am really excited for the the Spaghetti Western uh, with the vampires. <laughs> that's supposed yeah, to be that the next really movie. That's interesting, especially if he kind of puts the same kind of thing he is with this. Don't do a Tommy Wiseau where you're like, Oh, everyone think room funny movie. I make funny movie. And he did the neighbors. I think yeah. it was like a small TV show and he was trying to be funny and it just didn't work. Yeah. 
it's like you just need to be Tommy Wiseau. Like I don't know if you've seen Best Friends with him and Greg Sestero. No, I, I, um, dude, I've never even watched The Room. Really? Oh my god! Like I love I, Tommy Wiseau's work. <laughs> I, I, it just does not, it does not pique my interest. But basically, in he embraces completely what he should be, which is you just play the character of Tommy Wiseau, and that's what he does in Best Friends, mm. and he's hilarious. Well, that's good. But, um, yeah, basically, yeah, that's is when, like, yeah, Peter has his A-team moment and gets back to the, he, like, he's pushing past um, zombies. He's, el- he's like, elbowing them, yeah, hitting he, them with the butt of his gun. He, do- he does, like, a, a, a crane kick and a jumping axe kick to the one. <laughs> yeah, there's some really great moves. <laughs> and then he, uh. He goes to rifle butt the one, and it's actually the one that took Roger's AR-15. So he takes Peter's rifle off him, and Peter's just like, you know what? I'm out. That That's my sign. I'm going to die. I'm out. So he, he just full-on sprints and jumps on the ch- the chopper landing gear as uh, Fran pulls away, and he climbs into the chopper, and he asks how much fuel we have, and Fran's like, not a lot. And he's like, well, well, that's it. And they fly off into the the sunrise and the credits roll. And they fly off into hell, happily ever after. And uh, they both raise a flyboy's baby together. All while. Starts to play. That mall music is so great. And it's just like random like slide whistles and stuff. It's it's the robot chicken ending theme. That's where. Yeah, like every. Every time I do it, I think of Dawn of the Dead, and like I'll do it, and Sam will be like, "Why are you doing robot chicken?" Like a lot of people actually say that they're like, "Why are you doing robot chickens?" Like I'll just stare at him and be like, "I don't know." <laughs> I didn't put two and two together until you just said that. You're right. That is ex- it's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um I love the ending montage of like just the zombies in the in the. I love all the. My favorite part about this movie is all the montages of just the zombies doing funny shit when nobody's around them like no human yeah, like walking up the escalator and like spinning around like backwards and they had the looks on their faces and yeah like and like when the power first came, got turned back on the the one dude fell into the like coin toss fountain what trying to grab like the water and he just sits in there and he's just like grabbing the coins in his hand and picking them up and throwing them in the water and like he just keeps repeating i love all the zombie montage parts so yeah so like the ending re- uh, credits rolling like just shooting around the mall showing what the zombies are doing like them eating the entrails and stuff like it, it's so good to me <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> I, say, I, I love this movie i love that it's completely different than a lot of different ones that you a lot of different movies that you'll see where there's not really a narrative story yeah i and i because i love that day in the life type of storytelling it's one of the reasons why clerks is one of my favorite movies and, and it's actually my favorite movie yeah not only that but like um like all, all pretty much all kevin smith movies are really like that even if they have a plot they're they're still kind of like that it's just you're just following jay and Santa bob or you're just watching Dante or Randall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But overall, yeah, I love Dawn of the dead. Um, this is a movie when I first saw it, I thought it was really boring and I didn't really like it a whole lot, but over the years, it's really, really grown on me. Yep. Uh, I actually, um, so I did not watch this until I was, I think a freshman in high school or, uh in eighth grade i watched it uh no i was i was a freshman in high school but i watched the first time i watched night of living dead i was like 11 at like 2 a.m on stars so but yeah it should be yeah um and uh but yeah like i this is probably my my horror movie list this would be number two all time um, and the only thing that beats it out is Army of Darkness. Oh yeah, Army of Darkness was still one of those was another one of those um really early horror movies I saw because I remember the scene where the eyeball pops out of his shoulder and he like kind of grows an extra like him. Oh, I evil, evil that, ass, yeah. That freaked me out so hardcore. <laughs> I think it's one of the reasons why I'm body horror still is one of the last things that affects me. 
Mm. Like that, like the fly where like any of that melting stuff, anytime a guy melts or his jaw falls off, I'm yeah. like, uh, <laughs> so like, like the, uh, when they open the, the, the arc and last Raiders of the Lost Ark and like oh, all, yeah, the, all the, all so the do you like, do you like get nauseated by it? Yeah, it really does still like completely gross me out, which is a reason why I love body horror stuff so much is because it still has that effect. That's that's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I love this movie. It's it's this 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 is the movie that really got me hooked on zombies. I think as much as I love day and night, this was definitely the movie that that got me hooked. And especially for this time of year, this is a must watch movie. Um, mm-hmm. and I just love, like I said before, how like now living so close to Pittsburgh. Just knowing it was all like right there. Yeah, I mean that really adds to it for me, dude. Like doing the zombie walk at the Monroeville Mall in '09 was one of the biggest surreal experiences I've ever had. I mean, there was like the scene where the zombies are going up the escalators backwards, or like trying to walk up them. Like we got yelled at for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So like, um, but yeah, it was, it was such a good, it was so cool to do. And so surreal. And it just felt like I was a part of the movie, even though it wasn't. So like it even cemented my love for this movie even more. And just. Those kids need to learn to fear and respect that escalator. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking kids on the escalator again. (laughs) Actually, I think what, cause it was the dude that, um, uh, Mark from It's Alive, the 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 local Pittsburgh horror show, yeah, they used to run. Um, he was the guy that was like, "Hey, dumbasses, that kid's on the escalator again. Stop running up them backwards." <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it was him, but yeah, it, it was it was a great experience. It just it made me love this movie even more, and it's the fact that. If there's any it's any time on any whim, I, I on a Sunday or something, I want to drive 45 minutes to an hour away, and just just go relive something that I love. I can do it because the film location is literally that close. So, yeah. <sighs> well, uh, unless you have anything else, man, closing out. Oh, uh, you can catch me on Ruthless Retrospective every Wednesday with my tag team partner Greg, that's been a guest on the show. Um, I, th- I want to thank uh, Brett from Dimension Z for letting me come throb with him. Um, you can catch me at retro- Ruthless Retro PC on Twitter for Ruthless Retrospective. Um, I'm, 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 thanks for having me on the show, Brett. I mean, I'm I'm sorry it's taken so long. Uh, we've been we've been trying to plan since like week two to get me on, <laughs> but uh, life is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, especially right now. So yeah, I'm definitely glad that we got to do this and got to talk about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, especially like this is one of my all time favorite movies. So I'm I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, if, and if you want to, uh, if you want to follow the uh, show's Twitter, it's um at Throbbing Horror, and I'll be posting that picture of uh <laughs> Rob getting blood all over a <laughs> awkward awkward eighteen nineteen year old Razor Rob and a Misfits cutoff with fake blood literally all over himself in like Jerry only eye makeup uh, standing like two feet away from Ken Fuhrer's because I want to give him a hug and I got denied. <laughs> yeah. I'll be posting that picture probably right before, right after the episode comes out. So you guys can check that out as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a good pick. All right. Uh, well, you have a good one, man. And I've been trying to think of a new tagline because I think the other one I was using kind of has been used before where I even forget what it was, but um, I'm going to try out a new one. Are you, are you going to steal the one I, I put? What, Throb On? Throb On, or uh, Let's Throb or Throb On, baby. Oh, Let's Throb. Well, Let's Throb would be good at the beginning. Yeah, I forgot to say it, so. Uh, yeah, everyone, uh, Throb On. Yeah, Throb On, baby.